0: Good evening. Tensions continue to rise along the borders with Ukraine as the first of thousands of U.S. troops arrive in Poland. The anti-war movement braves the new chill, but this in Times Square and President Trump comes to New York City to condemn the iron pipeline of illegal guns into this city. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, February 6, 2022. A few dozen elite U.S. troops and equipment were seen landing Sunday in southeastern Poland near the border with Ukraine. Hundreds more infantry troops of the 82nd Airborne Division are still expected to arrive at the airport less than 100 miles from the border. Their commander is Major General Christopher Donahue, who on August 30th was the last American soldier to leave Afghanistan. Biden ordered additional U.S. troops deployed to Poland, Romania, and Germany to demonstrate his commitment to NATO's eastern flank amid rising tensions with Russia. Some 4,000 U.S. troops have been stationed in Poland since 2017 on a rotating basis. And in Washington, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan warned in an interview with ABC this week that there is a very distinct possibility Russia will attack Ukraine at
1: any time now. That there is a very distinct possibility that Vladimir Putin will order an attack on Ukraine. Uh, It could take a number of different forms it could happen as soon as tomorrow or it could take some weeks yet uh he has put himself in a position with military deployments uh, to be able to act aggressively against ukraine at any time now and we are working hard to rally our allies to provide material support to the ukrainians to reinforce our Eastern allies, in particular Poland and Romania and the Baltic states, we are ready. If they choose to go down the path of escalation, it will come at enormous human cost to Ukrainians, but it will also, we believe over time, come at real strategic cost to Vladimir Putin. We have to be prepared for the possibility of a contingency of a military action by Russia before the Olympics end. And we also have to be prepared for one after the Olympics end. So at this point, we're in the window, meaning that we can't just assume it's going to be a couple weeks off.
0: Uh, The White House claims Putin has 70 percent of troops in place to possibly launch a full-scale attack on Ukraine, a scenario long denied by the Kremlin. Sullivan would not get into specifics on how certain his prediction of an attack is, but he said the window for diplomacy appears to be rapidly closing. Sullivan was asked if such an invasion is likely. Would the Russian president wait until after the Winter Olympics being held in China? And China has been supportive
1: of Russia. But Sullivan added it doesn't matter. Our view is that China is not in a position to compensate Russia for the economic losses that would come from our sanctions. That's the analysis that we and the Europeans share, and we believe the Russians and Chinese understand that as well. Uh, We also believe that uh, when it comes down to it, ultimately, if Russia does choose to move forward, uh, not only will it come at strategic cost to Russia, but if China is seen as having supported it, it will come at some cost to China as well. And so it also insisted if Russia enters Ukraine,
0: uh, the country would not be allowed to sell natural gas to Europe by way of the newly constructed Nord Stream 2 pipeline.
1: We do have to prepare for uh, Russia choosing to respond in a number of asymmetric ways against the United States and against our European allies. One of those potential ways, of course, is to try to use gas as a weapon against our European partners. And what President Biden has done is directed his team to find liquefied natural gas cargoes from other parts of the world that could be redirected to Europe to help make up for shortfalls that might accrue if Russia chooses to level gas as a political weapon. So we're preparing not just for our initial response, but for counter responses. Uh, White House National Security Advisor
0: Jake Sullivan. Sullivan avoided directly addressing reports that lawmakers had been briefed that a full Russian invasion could lead to the quick capture of Kyiv and potentially result in as many as 50,000 casualties. Meanwhile, on Saturday, dozens of New Yorkers braved frigid temperatures to rally at Times Square, part of rallies held around the state, demean demanding no war with russia and an end to the nato alliance the north atlantic treaty organization was set up after world war ii to counter the then soviet union since nato has expanded to bordering uh, expanded its borders to countries once in the soviet sphere with the possibility of membership uh, being granted to ukraine which is a non-starter in russia we're
2: very honored that it's susan the new president of veterans for peace nationally we are veterans for peace we have been to war and we say no more war 40 million people died in the first world war because there were these types of agreements that we still have with nato with nato tell nato no do you Countries in NATO, that one of the countries from South America is Colombia. What on earth is Colombia doing as part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization? Larry Holmes from Workers' World Party. It's cold as hell, but we're mad as hell. And
3: we're here to say no war. This is the U.S. capitalist ruling class and the Pentagon gearing up for World War III. And after Russia, you know where they're going. It's China. And they'll destroy the planet in carnage if they're not stopped from a strategic point of view. Job, comrades and friends, is to go to the workers, go to the workers in a big way. They don't want this war, they want answers, what's going on, it's up to us to tell them. We don't want this crisis of capitalism turned into fascism or
2: war, we want it turned into the end of capitalism. Okay, next up, we got Sally Jones from New York Peace Action. Of no war over Ukraine all across New York State that we know about at Peace Action New York State. Yeah. And, you know, this is really important to get out. I don't care how cold it is. I think Syracuse might have gotten stoned in, but it's really important to get out and get our voices to our representatives, to our neighbors, and get the word to Congress. Don't send any more weapons. We need cooperation. We do not need this kind of tension and this kind of war machine ramping up for what. And the Ukrainian people caught in the middle this is this is really outrageous so please get your voices out from lorraine lariano of call to action on puerto rico buenas tardes compañeros y compañeras We, the Puerto Rican people, stand with Ukraine against war yes. and, and Russia against war. Because we have been living in a constant war for since 1898, and our people are suffering from the vulture capitalists that are benefiting from the austerity measures that are being put in place.
1: who is this war being waged for who benefits from war with russia and the answer is it's weapons manufacturers it's banks it's multinational corporations that want to see their competition obliterated that's who benefits they love to say oh well this is for national security since when do these people care about security our security 800,000 people just died of COVID in this country. They don't care about security. A few summers ago, they were tear gassing and hog tying teenagers who were protesting racism. They don't care about security. Margaret Kimberley. Good
2: afternoon, power to the people. Power to the people. Who was in charge? in 2014, when the United States backed a coup which overthrew the elected president of Ukraine. Joe Biden Biden was the viceroy, in effect, of Ukraine. And ever since that time, he has been committed to finishing this job, this horrible job, of trying to pull this country away from Russia and destroying it in the process we see Tail- of Russian troops on the border with manipulated photos. But by the way, did that remind anybody else of WMD? Of the weapons of mass destruction and photos which allegedly showed that there were chemical weapons in Iraq which nobody ever found. So when you see this quote-unquote proof, you have to think about the Gulf of Tonkin resolution and the Viagra given to Libyan soldiers and the WMD and all of it. And there's finally some cracks. Finally the corporate media are beginning to say to the Biden administration, this does not make sense, that there will be crisis actors in Ukraine and Russia will manufacture something. The manufacturing will be in Washington.
0: A protest that was held yesterday uh, f- against the war, calling for no war against Ukraine and Russia. Thanks to Joe Friendly for the recording As the anti-war movement revs up to confront the looming conflict, activists have been throwing in their two cents. Publisher of The Nation is Katrina Vanden She says Biden is the hypocrite in this crisis.
4: If President Biden was serious about this rules-based international order, which they talk about so often, Mm -hmm. in which small states can decide their own future free of great power coercion, Biden should start in his own backyard, the policy of regime change toward Cuba, which is based on economic sanctions, a policy inherited from Trump and continues unchanged, and it's failed. If you really want to figure out a resolution, I do think this combination of the Minsk agreement, maybe badly named, and this compromise of a treaty of neutrality or a moratorium or both on 10, 20 years on Ukrainian membership of NATO is a way forward use the word we a few times Who's we <laughs> well, yeah well, i think that's fair when i say we i think of it myself as a citizen someone who cares about peace and who cares about restraint no one won the cold war to wage a nuclear war no one can win folly the idea of america as the indispensable nation triumphalist as we've been has played a role in worsening US Russian relations because we believed Russia was on its knees. So we lived in a unipolar world. Iraq of course was the height of the debacle of unipolarity. Restraint is critical and an understanding that America is not in decline, but it has a lot to do to get its own house in order. I mean look at the pandemics, the staggering inequality, the racial injustices there's a need to rethink security in a less militarized way that is vital emerging from this crisis. But the first order of business is to diffuse the crisis, avoid, avert war, military conflict, and avert what is possible, which is a stumble You know, the kind of accidental trigger wire that could occur.
0: Anything like that?
4: At this moment, Gorbachev is 90 and not well, but he looks out at a country which he tried to bring democracy to. And he really thought of, in the end of the Soviet Union, the Warsaw Pact also ended. And his vision for a common European home would have been a very important counter alternative to what has become our way, which is NATO. NATO is not a coffee clutch. NATO is a military alliance, and I think we could do a lot better. It's a tragedy that it has now brought us to this bearing.
0: Katrina Vanden Heel is publisher of The Nation. And there was plenty of fallout On Sunday morning TV over the statement by former Vice President Mike Pence on Friday that former President Donald Trump was wrong to assert the 2020 election was a fraud. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie called out Trump's response to Pence, saying the former president's statement was immature. In a Tuesday statement, Trump had suggested Pence should be investigated for declining to overturn the 2020 election results. That's despite the fact that Christie supported Trump in 2016 and again in 2020. former Jersey governor spoke on ABC this morning.
3: Martha, I think that the actions the vice president took on January 6th spoke loudly, and I'm glad he's finally put words to it. I don't know why it took him so long, but I'm glad that he did. Um, And let's face it, let's call this what it is. January 6th was a riot that was incited by Donald Trump in an effort to intimidate Mike Pence and the Congress into doing exactly what he said in his own words last week. Overturned the election. He actually told the truth by accident. He wanted the election to be overturned.
0: And as the former governor of New Jersey, in a Tuesday statement, as I said, Trump had suggested Pence should be investigated himself. Christie's statement comes after the Republican National Committee just uh, shortly, a few days ago, uh, voted to uh, censure two members who had uh, joined the January sixth investigation. Uh, Adam Kinsinger and um, Senator Cheney – Congresswoman Cheney of – Lynn Cheney of Wyoming. You're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. In local news, New York City Mayor Eric Adams today announced the appointment of two officials who will carry out what the mayor says is his vision for a more equitable parks system. Susan Donahue was appointed as the Commissioner of the City of New York Parks and Recreation. She had been president of the Prospect Park Alliance. Adams also named Iris Rodriguez-Rosa, the current Bronx Commissioner and veteran in the department, as the first deputy parks commissioner.
5: I'm really happy about this announcement. Uh, these are two women that I respect. Uh, they are a dynamic duo, and they are going to bring our parks to a new level in the city. And so it is really my pleasure to bring on my new park commissioner, Sue Donoholtz. Sue?
4: I'm so pleased to be joining your administration. An administration that understands the important role that parks have to play in the health and well-being of all New Yorkers. I am also so happy today to welcome Iris Rodriguez-Rosa to the senior leadership team at parks. She cares about the same things I do. She cares about the people of parks, those 6,000-plus essential workers who work so valiantly every day to make our parks clean and green and safe. Like me, she also cares so much about the community and about ensuring that all parks across the city are accessible, well-maintained and welcoming to all.
5: Just so many calls of for Iris uh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez Rosa and bringing Iris out of the Bronx, it's going to take the talents that she has shown in the Bronx and bring it to the entire city.
4: I have been working with the Parks Department for over 35 years. I served in the Bronx with the 7,000 acres of parkland, being able to produce many parks and renovate many parks in the Bronx. Our green spaces are absolutely so valuable. They are the heart and, bl- and blood of everything that we do in the city. Many of these parks, of course, are the backyards of our communities. People that maybe also are not even able to afford to be able to go to other places but actually come to our parks and play in our parks. And many. Of of the programming. We've had many wonderful elected officials that have also been able to include programming as a part of the venues that we have in our parks.
0: Susan Donahue was previously Assistant Parks Commissioner under former Mayor Mike Bloomberg. And President Joe Biden and New York City Mayor Adams are now, by their choosing and at their political risk, increasingly bound as the Democratic Party tries to plot a course ahead of this year's midterm elections amid a pandemic-era spike in violent
6: crime. Enough is enough because we know we can do things about this, but for the resistance we're getting from some sectors of the government and the Congress and the state legislatures and the organizational structures out there. Mayor Adams, you and I agree. The answer is not to abandon our streets. That's not the answer. The answer is to come together, police and communities building trust and making us all Safer. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors and community needs you and know the community.
0: At one police plaza, Biden flanked by Adams at the main dais publicly rolled out a series of new policies plumped for proposals designed to crack down on gun violence like breaking the iron pipeline that delivers illegal guns to the city from more permissive states down Interstate 95 and called for more money to be routed to local law enforcement around the country.
6: We've also created a strike force to crack down on illegal gun trafficking across state lines. As the mayor said, as he pointed out, Guns that are used to kill people in New York City, they aren't made in New York City. They aren't sold in New York City. They are sold in other places. Today, the Attorney General directed all U.S. attorneys in the United States to prioritize combating gun trafficking across state lines and city boundaries. The Justice Department is sending additional prosecutorial resources to help shut down what's referred to, as you all know, the Iron Pipeline. That funnels guns from shops in states like Georgia, the crime scenes in Baltimore and Philadelphia and New York and so many other places.
0: Adams, for his part, welcomed the alliance with Biden as he threaded the path of controlling crime without stepping on the civil rights of black New Yorkers.
5: When I was in Washington, D.C., we were in a meeting and the president pulled me into the Oval Office. And after asking uh, what could he do for the city? and our desire to deal with violence. Uh, I had a brief uh, nod and I was about to walk out. And he grabbed me by my arm and turned me around and looked into my eyes. and He says, Eric, what can we do? And I told him the help we needed. And I asked him several things, but two of them was one to come to New York. And that's Mayor Eric Adams. And New York State's
0: COVID-19 infection rate is now at 3.5%, the lowest since Omicron was named a variant of concern by world health officials. That's according to Governor Kathy Hochul today. According to the latest numbers released by the governor's office, statewide hospitalizations dropped by 319 over the past day, declining 345 on Saturday. While 5,147 residents remain hospitalized, on Sunday, 68 new COVID-related deaths were also announced. Governor Hochul said, I'm so proud of the work New Yorkers have put in to fight this winter surge. The trends continue to be promising, but it is important we continue to be vigilant so we can keep positivity rates low. If you haven't, get vaccinated, she said, and get your booster as soon as possible. It's your it's our best weapon against this virus, but Michael Kane of New York Teachers for Choice is a, who is appearing tonight at midnight on La Voz Latina here on WBAI. It will discuss the February 11th deadline for teachers and other city workers to be vaccinated or lose pay. Kane says vaccination mandates are an excuse for invading the privacy of workers.
3: Adam, the current mayor announced that February 11th, those who are on leave without pay who have not taken the COVID shot will be fired. So my brothers and sisters in the FDNY with a group called Bravest for Choice arranged a protest for tomorrow Monday, February 7th at 11am. We are meeting at 9 Metro Plaza. We're going to be rallying there and marching over the Brooklyn Bridge. It's being organized by Paul Schweit. That is the fireman who organized the historic October protest. He's bringing Trammell Thompson. This is New York City's transit and labor leader who is fully vaccinated, but in Albany, he took out his vaccine card and ripped it up in front of everybody and said, I will not participate in this segregation. It's going to be a historic time, and I encourage all of my vaccinated brothers and sisters, you come out tomorrow. Come out Monday. This isn't about vaccination. This is about getting us to a place. You have to show an ID. To prove that you're free, you
0: are not free. Michael Kane of New York Teachers for Choice, interviewed by Daniel Rivera, host of La Voz Latina. You can hear the entire interview and more tonight on WBAI at midnight. And that's some of the news for Sunday, February 6, 2022. The news is produced with Linda Perry, our engineer is Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul Dirienzo. Thanks for listening.